This week on Small Town Scuttlebutt, it's the bromance episode. Why? Because it's just Mike and me in the studio. We talk about manly stuff like Mike's wedding planning. We even talk to one of the groomsmen. Also, hosts of the week, plural, there's two of them. Ushanka topics, Small Town USA news. It's all here. Let's do this. We're hanging. Small Town Scuttlebutt is brought to you by Royal Pizza. Get a great pizza at a great price at Royal Pizza. And by Larkin's Liquors. They are the oldest business in Medford. And by ParkStreetBooks.com. That's right. You want to get a book for your kid, maybe a puzzle, maybe a little box of owl puke to dissect when you get home. You can do that at ParkStreetBooks.com. That's right. And also by Mario's Lawn Care. Mario Apollody is my buddy. He's also my landscaper. He can be yours too. Give him a call. What's that number, Mike? 508-359-8016. Small Town Scuttlebots. Hey, everybody, it's another installment of Small Town Scuttlebot, the only. I'm, I'm going to go get a beer while you mull this over. And no, I got it. I got Oh, yeah, go get a beer. Help you. They're in the fridge. Hey, everybody, this is the only podcast in the world called Small Town. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Small Town Scuttlebutt, and we are here in the subterranean Scuttlebutt studio, as Rick likes to call his basement. No, and- this, no, it's the Scuttlebutt Subterranean Studio. Yes, Scuttlebutt Subterranean Studio. Oh, was it s- <laughs> Suburban Scuttlebutt Studio? No, this no, the Scuttlebutt Suburban Subterranean Subterranean Scuttlebutt Studio. That's what I said. <sighs> Hey, everybody, this is Rick Fink Jr., host of the only podcast in the world called Small Town Scuttlebutt. I'm hanging out in my basement across the table from my buddy Mike Page. What's going on, Michael? Um, I built half a deck this morning with my friend, whoa, so that whoa, was exciting. Whoa, whoa. We're getting right back. We're getting right into it. I didn't even ask you how your weekend was. Yeah, no. Well, I'm talking about today. You asked me how I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm doing great. Good. Okay. I, I didn't ask a lot what work, you were doing. Got a lot of work done on a deck this morning. Good for you. How's it going, Rick? Hey, I got some news. Oh, boy. So I was on the Facebook this morning over my cup of coffee, and I had one of those memories that came up. You know those things, right? Sure. Now, you don't have kids yet, but someday maybe you will, and uh, or maybe you won't. Wow, this it, is riveting. It's irrelevant to this story, Mike. I'm just going to keep going. So Rick had a memory this morning. I, no, no, excuse no. me. Facebook had a memory. Yeah, and it was about... Uh, well, let me just play it here. There's a video of my son and another son getting picked up from, actually, MAP, from the Medfield After School Program. Mm-hmm. He was getting picked up there. and uh, I think I know the video you're talking about, and I remember this first being posted, and I laughed hysterically. Yeah, it's great. Here, I'm just going to play this. So here it is. It's a, a friend of mine. Let's call her Jessica. Yep. Because that's her name. <laughs> <laughs> she, <clears throat> it was her turn to pick up my son, Charlie. And her son. Yeah. So they were having a conversation amongst themselves, and my friend Jess just had to turn the phone on and let it play out. And I don't need to set this up. I'll just let them do the talking here. This is how small my little thing was. And this is so, so small. <laughs> That's my son, Wait, Charlie. This was this small. 
That's his friend. I'm like, yeah, they're 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 fighting over who's got the smallest penis. Yeah. Can I continue with the open? Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> okay, well, we're here for season three, episode two, and um we got the skeleton crew here today, Mike. Yeah. It's gonna be the bromance Back episode. To basics. Just you and me. Yeah, yeah, this is the original cast and crew of Small Town Skittlebutt. Rick Fink Jr., Mike Page, and that is all. Yeah. We have no Kathy Ferris again tonight. And I'm not quite sure what's going on with Kathy. She left another voicemail message. Listen to this. Hey, Rick, it's Kathy. I am not going to be able to make it tonight. Everything's good. Everything's fine. In fact, things are quite good. We are going out to celebrate Olive Garden uh, because my request to join the Mike Page Doodle Club was approved. And I am over the moon about it. So... Probably going to get the bottomless um, or all-you-can-eat pasta, whatever whatever that campaign is to get people to meet, eat more carbs. That's what I'm going to be doing, and it probably won't slow down long enough for me to make it to the podcast tonight. But you probably understand, so there it goes. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, first of all, I'm disappointed that Kathy's not here. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I'm elated that she was allowed into the Mike Page Doodle Club. That's great. For new listeners, Mike has a community access program. Yep. It's called the Mike Page Doodle Club, and every week you... We draw something new every week. Um, I've been getting more into... I've been embracing the title of it more and getting more into just, like, we're doodling. Like, we're, we're sitting down, we're drawing something basic, and mm-hmm. it's just, like, whatever comes to mind. For example? Um, I just did a, an episode that's going to be how to draw a ship like a pirate ship navy ship whatever kind of ship you want it to be mm-hmm. um what were the other ones that i just did certainly some memorable pieces there yeah hey you can't keep this part in no what wow. the hell did i do this you're really selling this show you just make shit up like i'm here it's doodling yeah all right so yeah so i've really been embracing the idea of just sitting down and doodling and creating something that wasn't already there mm-hmm um, you like to call it my Mr. Rogers slash Bob Ross moonlighting show, mm-hmm. uh, which is a compliment to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah. So now, now you're doing it. You're doing it live. Yeah, on uh, March 18th, they're doing a live episode to celebrate the one year anniversary of the Doodle Club first airing. Okay. There, there's going to be like live drawing happening. There's going to be kind of a uh, highlights from the last year. Highlights. Yeah. Wow. It's gonna be an intense I haven't I haven't seen the minutes. highlight reel. Yeah. I'm expecting at page least doodle... twenty seconds. Oh god. A Mike Page Doodle Club highlight reel. Yeah. It's gonna be action packed. Yeah. Wait till you wait till you see uh, me uh Can t- he do it in slow it... motion? Like when you shade in, you know, like some shadow, yeah. like I just hope slow they... that down. I just hope they've the dramatic got... effect. I just hope they've got that clip of the time that I ran it all the way from the two yard line. 98 yards yeah. in for the score. That's I hope right. that one makes the cut. Any more syndication across the East Coast or heading out West? I know you're in Texas and you're on the Eastern Seaboard from Maine to Georgia. I kind of don't like thinking about where where it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I like just pretending that it's just for Medfield. Sure. Because, you know, I don't know. I know Medfield. Yeah. Don't so. be a poser. Yeah. I stick to that. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, Mike, you got that wedding date set up. How, how's the planning going? Rick, we're doing, like, 
the bromance guy episode, mm-hmm. and you want to have a wedding chat? Tonight? Oh, yeah. I told you I love weddings. Yeah, you do. That's all right. Um, yeah, no, it's going, the planning's going really well. Um, I've reached out to the groomsmen. They've all been notified now. Excellent. Yep. I think we should call all of these guys. Like right now? Well, how about we do one intermittent? Every, every couple of weeks, we'll check in with one of your groomsmen. Because you know what, Mike? You can really only judge somebody by the company they keep. Yeah. What kind of reputation do you think you get by hanging out with me, by the way? Does um, it help your stock? No, I can actually tell you that it's gone down considerably. But that's all right. Yeah. I don't hold it against you. Pete Volk was my roommate uh, freshman year at Penn State. I have, ever since leaving Penn State, I have said repeatedly, if I had things my way, Pete would be my next-door neighbor. Uh, he currently lives in Havertown, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb outside of Philly. I don't want to live in Havertown, but if I had any desire to still live in Pennsylvania, I would, without hesitation, buy the house next door to Pete. I like I, I miss having Pete in my life on a on a daily basis. He's just one of those people that is so full of life. When he's uh, he he can be one extreme or the other. He'll either be the life of the party or he'll be down in the dumps. But either way, you just see this like shining gem of a person. All right, well, let's call Pete Volk and see what's going on in Havertown. <laughs> Pennsylvania. He's going to go, yo, dude. Hello. Hello. Pete, what's up? It's Rick Fink Jr. from Small Town Scuttlebutt. And I'm Ooh. here with I'm here with your old freshman college roommate, Mike Page. Remember that guy? Uh, vaguely. So, Pete, what's going on in uh, in Havertown? Anything unusual? We're all we're all here and trying to trying to live the American dream the best way we know how. And apparently, that is with multiple sports team versions of quite literally everything under the sun. There's two there's two wrestling teams in this town. There's two, uh, there's two football teams in this town, and, and it's all, it's all bad blood. And this is all like, um, <laughs> this is all youth sports. Oh yeah, this is this is uh, middle school and younger. It really, it's just one person who decided to steal a whole bunch of money and and embe- embezzling, <laughs> embezzling funds from the snack shack. Are you serious? Which. I kid you not. Embezzling funds from the snack shack, which is why my wife does the snack shack for wrestling now. Yeah, because now she wants to embezzle. You know, I saw the last, <laughs> no, 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 no. the latest not? season of Ozark is actually based on how to launder money through a, a snack shack for wrestling. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's that's uh, that's exactly what happened, and uh, then then they split and uh, uh, formed their own team, and it's it's the, the other team is just hemorrhaging uh, uh, little kids. You know, because they're, they're they they don't have anybody That's, anymore. That is, such and, a- and they're all coming to our time, uh, our team, and our team is just growing. Now that they're they're doing the same thing with uh, with football as well. Same lady, same snack shack. Let's just pick one sport with the football. So there's two like youth football teams in your town. You're, t- you're yeah. telling us, okay? And there's one is the official league that's you know probably insured and it's. Yep, a national program, and there's support yep. and backing behind it. And then the other one is what, like Fight Club's version of of football? Like they 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 approached me last year when when it was uh, when when they first started when they first started getting getting it off the ground, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Listen, you can't say anything about this." Oh, that's good. You have to buy your own equipment. <laughs> there's no renting anything, and don't tell anybody where we're practicing. I love it. But we're going to be down in Mary Place. Why don't you guys, when when this COVID stuff is over and, and fall comes around, 
You say, hey, look, Havertown's only big enough for one of us. Who's it going to be? Let's right. go. Sunday, 1 o'clock. Right. And then and you guys Rick, just play. it's not happening at 1 o'clock. It's happening at high noon. High noon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to have to work this like the Bruins and Celtics, where one game is always away while the other one is home. Yeah, a lot of teams do that. But- yeah. But but back to your point, I think that I think that actually they 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 want to be able to uh, to fight each other because 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 we've got it you know Havertown there's there's not there's literally nothing wrong in this town yeah so they have to manufacture something and it might as well be football you're arguing about something cool football my team's right. better your team's better <laughs> get your team out of here that's great we we don't argue about cool things we argue about trivial matters all right pete it was nice talking to you and uh tell everybody in havertown about small town scuttlebutt will you absolutely i definitely will all right buddy take care oh, All right, every week we look at our social media groups and see what's going on. We got to keep our finger on the pulse here in Medfield. And every now and again, you find one of these posts that isn't necessarily irrelevant and it's not scathing or rude. Okay, Rick wanted to talk about a post about the dump. It goes as follows. We've gotten tired of the machines, have started putting our plastic redeemables in the shed at the dump. One or two liter to benefit the grist mill. We have a friend looking to dispose of a big collection of the smaller bottles, 20 ounces, and I think they sell 12 ounce now too. There didn't seem to be a place for them. There were a few in the five cent can bins, but guessing that's not acceptable. Does the dump not take small bottles? It would take forever to put them in a machine at the store. Aren't you able to donate the smaller redeemable bottles at the transfer station as well by putting them in the blue dumpster looking container that's kind of beat up. If you mean the container that has round holes in its side walls with barrels under the holes, the only labels are for one liter, two liter, and cans. We didn't want to put in anything different. It apparently doesn't want glass bottles either, so we need to see where you can donate a bunch of those our friend has, or if you have to take them to a liquor store. Um, the transfer station takes cans and plastic bottles for deposit. They do not take glass there. Do you know if they take plastic bottles other than the one and two liter size? Specifically, smaller? I put all my plastic bottles in there. Interestingly, the post that caught my attention this week was also about the dump. Specifically, somebody was losing trash on their way to the transfer station. Their tailgate was down. Mm -hmm. Probably an accident. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe some carelessness. Right. Of course, somebody posted a very angry post. Uh... Is this the one you were telling me where the guy literally got out of his car and took pictures of individual pieces of trash yeah, and then were, made a collage out of it yeah, to, to post? Yeah, there was a beautiful pick stitch collage. How uh, much th- it looked like it was made in the pick stitch app. How much time do you think this person spent on that post? Longer than necessary. Do you think he picked up the trash after he took the picture from being so appalled? I would uh, certainly hope so. I would hope if so. not. I'll bet you 100 bucks he didn't. Uh, he probably did. I bet you he didn't. Okay, let's do some of Shanka topics. Yeah? What do you think? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Drum roll. All right. First Shanka topic is dogs. Let's talk about dogs. Mike, would you like to go first? Do you talk to your dog? Do I like talk? regularly? All the time. Okay, good. Because if not, you're a psychopath. Yeah, no, I've got... His name is Rex. 
but I call him Rex, Rexy, Rexadoodle, Rexadoo, Pooch, Poochie. Any of those names, he's his ears perk up, and he's like, "What? Yeah. What? Are we going outside? What? You got a treat? What are we doing?" I think that's a that's a fun thing learning people's nicknames for their dogs. Since we got Rex, the mini Bernadoodle, seven months old. I take him up to the state hospital to go for walks. And funny things happen there. Like, really awkward conversations have been taking place. And I can't really put my Is finger Rex on it. Is Rex, like, sniffing people's crotches when well, that happens? Or what? No. And, but you're a seasoned dog owner. How long have you had your dog? Uh, nine years. You and Winston have a nine-year relationship. Yeah. Rex and me have a seven-month relationship. Mm-hmm. Rex and I like to go for walks together. Um, in the woods and then well you the... like it Rex tolerates it no he loves it he's so psyched he now jumps in my car as opposed to like reluctantly approaching it we're making progress we're um we're growing the relationship but I want to know do you have weird conversations about dogs with random people because no I avoid other people at all costs okay here's a tip avoid elderly women on dog walks yeah at the state hospital because no they doubt. are going to engage in awkward, uncomfortable conversations. Just kidding. Nothing is awkward to me and nothing makes me uncomfortable. But for all of you people, you might feel uncomfortable. Let me just tell you what happened. First time I go there and I'm talking to somebody, typical conversation. Oh, what kind of dog do you have there? And I say, it's a mini Bernadoodle. And they say, oh, how does that work? And I'll say, well, mom is a Bernadoodle and dad is a toy poodle. And then they're like, wow, that must have been it. How, how do you, I wonder what kind of position they got. So now we're talking about sex positions with dogs. Wow. With random people. And all I did was answer a question, what kind of dog is that? That's why I this, avoid people. This one old lady says to me, she really got into it because she was trying to like, she's thinking out loud how the toy poodle and the Bernadoodle mom like get it on, right? Yeah, sure. So she's telling me, well, you know, sometimes the female dog can get on her back and she'll just flop her tail over. For access. And I'm like, okay. In a okay. very and she does it in a very come hither way. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I was of all the things, uh, what what was wrong with hi, how are you doing? You know, yeah. your dog's cute. Yeah. And keep going. Well, uh last week you were giving me a hard time about what is you know, what are you gonna get angry about this week? And mm-hmm. one of one of the listeners that filled out the survey was saying, Oh, I always look forward to seeing what stupid thing Mike's gonna get upset about. Yep. Uh, which which for the record so far, we've documented that you have uh, a problem with two ice cream trucks in a small town, and no, that's fine. Mm, My problem is no, you have you have a is, problem with one of them, yeah, and it's biased. And what I've said is true. You sure. have a problem with two. We'll leave it at that. Then the other one is songs that start with the word "and," mm, mm-hmm. just for the whole grammatical. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Awkwardness of continuing something. Well, here's that number three. Wasn't there? When I'm walking Winston, now Winston is a standard Schnauzer. Standard meaning he's the normal schna- Schnauzer. He's a Schnauzer. Period. Mm-hmm. All the time, people will go, "What kind of what kind of dog is that?" A lot of times, it's not even what kind of dog is that. They'll say, "He's so big for a miniature Schnauzer," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "That's why they put the word miniature in front of the ones that are small." Because that denotes that that is the small version of a schnauzer. Right. My dog is big for a miniature schnauzer because maybe he's it's... not a miniature one. Right. Imagine that. Now, what if you saw my dog next to a giant schnauzer? How your head would be blown then by how huge he was for a miniature schnauzer. Right. Like, these people. Okay. All right, what's the next topic? I don't know. Uh, let's pick it out of the hat. Noisy Neighbors. Do you have noisy neighbors? Now, Mike lives in Salem, <sighs> and he lives in a condominium. Mm-hmm. 
So is it like a row house, like and yep, so, units of of four uh, in a in a stretch. Are you on an end unit or yes? Oh, good bonus. So okay. we are in an end unit. Mm-hmm. Our next door neighbors just had a baby. Now, as the listener, you're yep. probably thinking, "Ooh, mm. Mike, don't be a jerk. Those are nice, noisy neighbors." You're right, and you know what? I almost never hear that baby cry. It's quite remarkable. Those aren't the neighbors that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I share a wall with those neighbors. Mm-hmm. Don't even notice them. Yeah. However, the neighbor the next unit over, I hear him playing loud. He likes to crank Celtic music at all hours. And I'm talking, he wails this music. So I found out in conversation, not that I asked, but I found out he's in several Celtic bands. And Celtic music isn't the kind of music that you want your neighbor playing loud. It just sounds like noise. Does it? Some Celtic music is lovely, but if you're hearing it through a wall, it is not good. I don't mean to knock Celtic music. If you love Celtic music, I don't fault you for that, but listen to it through a wall sometime, and it is not good. Do you have noisy neighbors, Rick? Well, this one kind of goes back to dogs, Mike. We go for a walk, Rex and me. We'll head over into the next town, Dover, and walk through the neighborhood, and we come back into Medfield, and right before we do, there's a house with a probably, a, you know, it must be a 200-yard front front yard. Okay. And they have two dogs, a German Shepherd and a St. Bernard. And the owners put the invisible fence about six feet from the curb of the road. And these dogs hang out up at the house at the top of the hill. 200 yards away. So when me and Rex, and for those who are trying to keep up, Rex is a mini Bernadoodle, and me are walking, we every time get greeted by Hitler and Cujo running down this hill as fast as they can, barking. I'm guessing Hitler is the German shepherd. That's right. Okay. So what an unfortunate name for a dog. I know. I know. And Cujo, it's like real original. cliche. Mm Mm-hmm. So these two dogs will come. I hate come. the owners already. Yeah. Well, it's just like, do you have self awareness? Like, yeah. like your dogs are loud. They're loud, and but they okay, so and they assault everybody that walks by. You can always tell when someone's going for a walk by their house because you're. Hur, rah, 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 rah. You know, that's so. Way. Your noisy neighbors are dogs. Yes. I'm much more tolerant of that. No. 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 I'm not. Well, yeah. Okay. So your point Absolute. is that the the owners should have the dogs inside, not barking at everybody. Teach your dog how That's not fair. to bark. You ready for one more? Yeah. Okay. Let's reach into Lashanka. We have one more here. Christmas lights in March. Uh, yeah. People are a little lazy and they're not taking them down. I drive by and I see Christmas lights and Christmas wreaths. Mm, that bugs me. Yeah. I mean, that's just egregious with bows on it. So, and it's, and you know what? It's like, it's right at the entrance of, it's like, it's hanging on your mailbox. Mm. You go to the mailbox every day. You never thought of just taking it off. Why do I get mad about these things? No, I get it. I don't care if people leave their lights up until the weather gets warm. Like, I get it. If it's 20 degrees out, you don't want to spend your Saturday outside taking your lights down, whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have, like, a good light display that takes time to put it up. It's oh, going to sure. take time to take Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you still have your lights on every night, I think that's kind of weird. I'm going to push I, back a little bit. I've noticed that I see a lot of houses with their lights still on, and that's kind of like, oh, all right. White lights in a tree can look good year-round. A lot of restaurants do that. Downtowns like to do it that. It can look good if you do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wrap every branch... 
beautiful. Yeah. If you just haphazardly strew them about, thanks anyway. Don't waste your time. Exactly. Right. No, it is a, uh, I think there's an art to it. It's not even that it's, it's an art. It's that you either took the time yeah, you, yeah. or you didn't. Yeah. You're right. a perfectionist or you don't actually want to be doing this. You either did it for the right reason. You yeah. wanted to really get into the season and the spirit and make it look beautiful or you were just checking a box. Yeah. Right. Wife told me to put up the Christmas lights. Boom. Done. Okay. Let me watch some football. Christmas lights in March. This is where I, this is my take on it. They got to come down. I go big on the Christmas lights. The record that we had was over 15,000 lights on our house one year. It mm-hmm. took, it took way too much time. As Leslie put it, it took you away from the family for the duration of the holiday. And there was truth to that because we got all these lights up and then like fuses start popping or strands of lights start blinking. And if you, my head was in the spot in the space where I was hell bent on having the light display look impeccable every night. And that meant almost a 24 hour watch on it. Like I would walk around now. It, it was too much. So now we do, do just probably a third of that. What was your record? 15,000. Yeah. No, here's the deal with Christmas lights in March. It's kind of like the Confederate flag. At that point, you can just take it down. I don't think you have to ask. You can just go up on this person's front yard. Hey, what are you doing, buddy? I'm taking down your Christmas lights. Well, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. It's March. There should be a a town law. It's like, oh. I absolutely agree you should be able to take down somebody's Confederate flag because what an idiot. Yeah, but same with Christmas lights. The same thing. One of the same. They're both yeah, wildly offensive. They're, they're <laughs> for very different reasons, yes. But. It offends me that you have Christmas lights on your house still. Sure. Clean up, clean up your side of the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So before Rick and I started recording tonight, I had to stop over to Park Street Books. Why did I do that, you asked? Because I got a phone call this afternoon that a book had arrived for me, and it was time to come pick it up. Great. Now, this is a book that they did not have in the store. I said, Allie's really interested in this book. It's called Alma and How She Got Her Name by Juana martinez Neal. Jim said, no, we don't have that in stock. I'm happy to order it for you. We'll have it in the next couple days. Boom. It's in my hand now. Amazing. And I didn't have to order it through the Evil Empire. Allie and I are both going to feel great about this purchase. And Jim's happy that he could get it into our hands. And you got that at Park Street Books. Yes, I did. And... No, let's try that again. You got that at parkstreetbooks.com. Rick, our show's also sponsored by Mario's Lawn Care. Yeah. Did you know that up in my neck of the woods, up in Salem, Mm -hmm. there's another Mario's Lawn Care and there's a Mario's Landscaping. There are imposters out there. If you want to make sure that you're getting the best lawn care service, you got to call Mario Ippolity at 508-359-8016. That's the real Mario's Lawn Care. Let's read some news. We don't have a guest. Well, speaking of uh, Confederate flags and the Civil War, a in the news this week, a teen's Civil War reenacting chicken was found in Alabama. This, uh, stop, stop right there. It's a true story. Okay, Rick. Alabama, not surprising. Straight from the Associated Press. Okay, it's a chicken and it reenacts world Civil War battles. Well, we're going to get into that. So in Coleman, Alabama, a Mississippi teen who lost his Civil War reenacting pet chicken peep outside of a Cracker Barrel restaurant in Alabama, was reunited with the bird courtesy of a farmer who helped find the fowl. 
Thomas Ramsey, who founded a military reenactment group for youth, told the Coleman Times he was headed home from a weekend event at Spring Hill, Tennessee, when he stopped with a friend at the Cracker Barrel restaurant in Coleman on January 31st. He left Peep, a rooster that participates in simulated battles, tied to his truck in the parking lot. Simulated ba- chicken battles? Yeah, I really don't know. I'm this so lost. This is one lost. of those articles that, so that, that the more you learn, the less you know. Yeah, this is... Ramsey, 18. Well, there you go. It's an 18-year-old guy hanging out with his cock. That's going to have to come out. Or not. Said he and his friend walked out about an hour later to discover the chicken had flown the coop and was nowhere to be seen. Boy, they're working in all the puns. I went back into the cracker barrel, and it was very hard for me to say this with a straight face, even though I was panicking. Do you have cameras in the parking lot? I think someone stole my chicken, said Ramsey. Someone overheard and said they had seen Peep wandering in the parking lot. An animal control officer got involved in the... Always! This is just like Medfield. ACO. I get a question, though. Was the chicken wearing a Confederate or a Union uniform? I don't know. We're, we're going to get to that. An animal control officer got involved in the hunt, and missing chicken photos of Peep soon spread on social media pages around Coleman, a city of about 16,000 people 50 miles north of Birmingham. With no sign of Peep, Ramsey continued the drive home. Then he got a message that the bird had been found outside the cracker barrel, and Farmer John Watson, that's his full name, Farmer John Watson, Farmer, who posted advice on catching Peep, had the rooster and was headed to Birmingham to meet Ramsey for a reunion. Did they capitalize farmer? No, but they should have, because right. that's his proper title. It's kind name. of like doctor. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I believe in paying it forward, said Watson, Farmer John Watson. God has blessed my family so much throughout the years. I believe we should be kind to our fellow man. Yes, it was just a chicken, but it was his and wandered around during simulated battle. <laughs> I still don't get Doctor, this. Doctor, uh, I mean, excuse me, not doctor. Farmer John Watson, you, sir, are a hero. There's about 10 cannons just blazing and all the rifle fire, and he's not going crazy. He's pretty chill, Ramsey said. That's the end of the article? Yeah. That's... I Never mind all the nice Cracker close. Barrel nonsense. I want more about the reenactments. That's a bad article. That's AP... You have to give a little... I don't think this chicken rooster is reenacting the Civil War. I think it's a rooster being subjected to cannons and rifles going (laughs) off. Yeah. And he's just running around like a chicken. Because what else is he going to do? Is Peta... He's not reenacting anything. This is is a garbage story. That is a stupid story. I apologize for reading that, folks. Sorry, Alabama. You come in 50th for... Stories about roosters. Yeah. Come in 50th where's, on everything. Yeah. Where's all your stories about uh, peacocks? That's where the real action is. All that all that stuff happens in Walpole. Okay, here we go. Here's one. Mike, last week we were talking about real estate value and how that can get affected with performance in school. You know, are we a top-tier school? Sure. That's going to help your home value as opposed to hurting it, right? Well, there's other towns and other places that have their own issues that they need to deal with. And there's a home in Florida that's for sale, and the listing has gone viral for its brutally honest description of the home. You want to hear this? Yes. Okay, one of the very first things mentioned in the ad is the phrase, literally the worst house on the street. (laughs) 
When you're looking through ads online for homes, you don't want to be told it's a horrible house right away. You want to find out you're about to make a huge mistake on the walkthrough. But this ad definitely lays it all out in a very honest way that makes it quite hilarious to read. <clears throat> well, we'll be the judge of that. The house in question is a little three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath, nondescript white home situated in the city of Zephyr, Zephyr Hills, Florida. But what has been gaining some attention is the property details. In it, the listing shares more scary details about the true nature of the home, such as the fact that the nearly half-acre property had to be cleaned up, which apparently took seven dumpsters to accomplish. The snarky ad further challenged any fans of HGTV to put your money where your mouth is, if they're willing to take a gamble and fix it up. In case you're wondering, yes, that line had an exclamation point as well. Apparently, the listing details for the home are riddled with exclamation points. Who gives a shit? Who wrote this? A college intern? Yeah, it's not great. What stands out from this ad, apart from the exclamation points and biting sarcasm, is the fact that whoever decides to buy this home will 100% be guaranteed to get a fixer-upper. According to the listing, you can expect leaks in the roof, creaking floors, and a pretty bad draft. In addition, the home's open concept is really just a nice way of saying that several windows are broken. In addition, there is a detached foundation to the home as well. The listing further states that there is nothing appealing about the space except for one Oh, except for perhaps the large sunny window in the kitchen. And after reading it, we get the feeling that they only selected this feature because they had to include something nice about the home. So Dad. this is a clickbait article. No, like, it, it's not. Oh, really? This is it. It's just an art. It was just a little thing. Uh, the ad further suggests that this home would do better as a movie set for a post-apocalyptic movie about zombies rather than an actual habitable you know what, Mike? I'm not going to read this article anymore because the author, Anastasia Ariano, is terrible. Yeah, it's not good. This story sucked. You want another uh, bird story? Yeah. So this one's not about a rooster named Peep. But if it's about a bird and it's a small town, it escapes, right? Yes. Okay. It's the only way what, a bird can make the news. It's the only way a bird can make the news. Illinois police. Seeking owner of belligerent guinea fowl. A guinea fowl? Yeah. Is that the type of bird? Yeah. I've heard of it. What's it look like? Yeah, you have. You've seen them. A guinea fowl. Is it kind of like a pheasant? Uh, Not quite. No. It's like a guinea fowl. They're, they're clo- they look closer to like a, like a rooster. Oh. But... Yeah. Stockier, not stockier, it, more compact than a than a. Did I say a rooster? Denser, yeah, you did. Say I'm sorry, I'm in a turkey. They they look similar to like a turkey, mm-hmm. but they're more compact. Okay. Uh, the body is probably slightly sleeker than a turkey. Yeah. But the overall, like the neck, isn't quite as long. They kind of look like um, they look like well, they're from they're from Guinea, obviously, or Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, yeah. Uh. But they they look like a New Zealand type bird, like a kiwi. That, not yeah, not quite. When you say new, like a New a, Zealand bird, the only bird you would think of is a kiwi. Well, they typically have a crest on their head. That looks they're, nothing like a kiwi. That looks they're, like they're very like uh, prehistoric looking, much like turkeys are, but in a more uh, island kind of way. He does have a crown on his head, which is a distinct differentiator from the common turkey that we see right oh oh no 
I know it's a fun show. I have to tell you something. Speaking of turkeys, guess what I did with my car the other day? I'm I'll gonna, give you I'm one guess. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you hit a turkey. I sure did, right in the head with my bumper. How did it go? Oh, Jesus. Not for your car, for the turkey. Well, first thing is I checked my car. I'm assuming your car, car won was the fine. Thank God. I was driving up North Street into town, approaching uh, Memorial School. Okay, so you were in a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit zone. It was a Sunday, so I could do 50. Uh, 30, whatever. And I'm cruising along, and I'm paying attention. Hands 10 and 2. I'm not kidding. Sure. I'm doing my thing. You know what I was doing? I was going to the bakery, and I was going to get some danishes and surprise the family with a little Sunday. I see what you're doing here. You're putting a positive uh, look at this dad doing a great thing yeah. spin on it. Well, yep. yep. Leslie gets to sleep in. It's a real feel-good the kids, story. The kids were awake. They are watching TV. Yep. They didn't really notice. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Notice I was there. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get some danishes. I'm going to come back, and everyone's going to, we're going to start the day off, you know, on, on the upswing. Well, I'm driving, and I'm paying attention to the road. I mean, there's nothing else for me to look at, you know? It's just a routine, short drive. And it just pops out into the road, and then its head is bumper height. I took the car from probably like 35 miles an hour to 20, still hit him, and then he, he tumbled under the car. Yeah. As I drove over him. So I didn't crush him with the wheels. I just, you know, he went under the car. Sure. I'm like, oh no! Now I'm, I'm, I feel bad. I don't want to take the life away from an animal. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. I hate cats. I had to put Leslie's two cats down because she couldn't do it, mm-hmm. and it was hard. It's like I don't want to play God. I'm, you know, I'm, I've made the decision to end your life. That was a tough thing to do. This was a total accident. Like I'm just going about my business. He's going about his business. We're all gonna have a great day. Can I? I'm and sorry. Can I? Whack! So what song were a, you singing? It was a nice, quiet Sunday morning, and I was just enjoying the moment. Now. If I was listening to the radio, what would be a good song to hit that turkey with? Besides Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving song? Like, well, because it's a turkey. I get it. That's a, How about this one? If I was going to play a song to go with, you know, running over the turkey, yeah, it'd be Quiet Riots, Bang Your Head. <clears throat> oh, all right. I thought you were going to say Cross the Tracks, We Better Go Back by uh, Maceo and the Max. Or how about Sammy Hager's I Can't Drive 55 hmm. in a school zone? 96 Tears by Question Mark and the Mysterians. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with hitting a turkey in the face with a bumper. Oh, well, you said you felt bad about it. I thought I did. maybe you were oh, going to cry, cry, yeah. cry, cry, 96 Tears. Hmm. Do you want to know what happened with that turkey? What? I looked in my rear view mirror and the son of a gun flew off in a 45-degree angle up to a tree off the side of the road. On the same side it was coming from. I was shocked. Seeing a turkey fly, period, is it's always funny. shocking. It's funny, yeah. Yeah, because you go, oh, that's right. You're it a did, bird. Yeah, you do fly. That's right. Yeah, you're not a dinosaur. But the thing flew, and I had to just go check on him. So I pulled over, and I walked into the woods, and you know what I saw? I saw this bird laying with his wings spread across the ground, mm-hmm. with his head just laying on the ground. And eight little turkey family members walking around him going, chirp, 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 chirp. Like, talking to each other, like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Hey. And I, do you, I, Did they seem concerned? Or, or do you think they were bad-mouthing him behind his back? Yeah, serves him right. Yeah. What a dummy. We told him to look. 
Well, so anyway, do you want to hear about the uh, Illinois police seeking the owner of a belligerent guinea fowl? Yeah. That is oh, not Jesus. A Are we still talking about that? <laughs> well, I was, but that's yeah. cool. Okay. <laughs> police in Illinois said they are trying to find the owner of a belligerent and foul-smelling guinea fowl found wandering loose in the town. By the way, fun fact, uh, reporters can't help themselves. This guy, Ben Hooper, mm-hmm. can't help himself. It's a story about a bird. I have to include that it's foul-smelling. I know, yeah. The Swansea Police Department posted a photo to Facebook of what the department misidentified as a missing chicken, but commented... By the way, the thing looks nothing like a chicken. No, it doesn't. But commenters pointed out it was actually a missing guinea fowl. Loud, belligerent, non-cooperative, foul-smelling, won't leave, the post said. The department is asking anyone missing a guinea fowl to get in touch with the police to claim their bird. Serious police work here, folks, police wrote. What do they That's do? That's a feel-good story. Yeah, we're going to have to follow up on that. What a flat week. That's a, I guess no, no news is good news, right? Yeah. Last week I was full of vim and vigor, and I came in. I'm frustrated with the school board, and I don't like how this is going. Now look at me. It's like, life is good this week. Really no problems. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can't complain. If you have a Civil War chicken, we would like to interview it. Uh, please reach out to us. It's a guinea fowl, technically. But we will no, accept chicken. the Civil War reenactor. Oh, yes. Actually, it did say it was a rooster. It called it both a chicken and a rooster. Uh, if you have a Civil War reenacting bird of any kind, maybe you have a C- Civil War reenacting cat. Yeah. We want to interview it on the show. Mm-hmm. Please reach out to us. Uh, you can... Message us through Facebook or Instagram at smalltownscuttlebutt. You could also send it to grievances at smalltownscuttlebutt.com. Excuse me, is it grievances or grievance? I don't remember. I don't either. Grievances. Uh, yeah, send it to both. You could uh, yeah. blind carbon copy it, mm-hmm. BCC, right. to uh, the other one. Whichever yeah. one you put in first, grievance or grievances, uh, then also send it to the other one. And when Rick che- checks that in the next six months... <laughs> We'll get around to it. I'm right on it. I got one more news story, actually. Company offers to pay someone $1,000 to play cornhole. Is this something that interests you? It just came out. This came out today. A lawn care company is seeking an outdoor gaming enthusiast to make $1,000 by playing cornhole, a game involving tossing small bags of corn into holes in a board. Do you need more reasons to get outside? Looking for ways to have fun while socially distancing? Want something to do that's good for all ages? If you are, then we have the job for you. We're paying someone $1,000 to play cornhole. The posting dates. The posting dates. I should have said states. Yeah, it was a voice-to-text article. It was somebody that had to meet a deadline, and they wrote the entire article voice-to-text while they were driving. And then they hit submit. The posting states the candidate will need to have access to their own cornhole equipment, boards with holes, and small canvas bags of corn kernels for throwing. Well, it's about that time, folks, where we got to wrap things up. And uh, I don't know. I feel like this show is probably going to go down in scuttlebutt history as one of those shows that was really relaxing and fun to do in the sense that it wasn't very stressful. We didn't have a guest. I think we're done, right? Yeah, I think so. Let's put a fork in this and get out of here.
Well, today we learned that uh, if you have a dog at the state hospital, you're going to get into some pretty awkward conversations and be prepared to have a lady yell about male genitalia across a field to you. Uh, We also learned uh, that roosters can reenact the Civil War, too, even if it's against their will. Hashtag my heritage, my history. Uh, And we also met one of my groomsmen, Pete Volk, today. he is someone near and dear to me, always will be, uh, one of my best friends. Love him to death, Pete Falk. I loved his story from Havertown, Pennsylvania, where you've got the local youth football team and then you have the underground football team, and that's got town embroiled in controversy. Next week, we've got Lauren Lilligren coming on. She's running for school board in Medfield. Okay. Anyway, school board, that's a thankless job. Why would anyone run? We're going to talk to Lauren Lilligren and find out. And uh, I have not planned the show enough to tell you anything else about next week. All right, so that was the bromance episode. I hope you enjoyed all of our man talk. It wasn't very manly. Actually, this was kind of a guy episode, wasn't it? We talked about some really dumb stuff. If Kathy or Leanne had been here, they never would have stood for half of this stupidity. Right, right. This show was great. Yeah, my favorite one. We nailed it, Rick. Nailed it. All right. Thanks for listening. I can't believe you stayed with us this long. You're a real trooper. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 